Welcome to the Inspired Leader, the podcast. I'm your host, Allie Stone. All of my life, I've been passionate about leadership. I've been a senior level leader in the hospitality industry since 2005, growing a chain of franchise restaurants from one unit to 12, spanning across Northern Alberta. And during that time, I've been on a journey to discover what leadership means to me and how I can utilize it to show up in my career and in my life. What I've found is that the most impactful, the most meaningful experiences that I've witnessed or been a part of as a leader have come when we connect with our hearts. Over the past decade or more, I've honed in on and refined a leadership model that speaks to this. I have developed numerous programs that help leaders deepen their understanding of the impact they can not only have on their careers, but also on the world around them. And now it's my mission to share this model of leadership through a heart-centered focus with the world. I'm the founder of The Inspired Leader, through which I mentor and coach leaders. I facilitate engaging and inspiring workshops that help you think outside of the box and connect with your heart and your emotions. And I also deliver keynote speeches to inspire and motivate teams to engage in their own personal leadership style in a way that's authentic to them. It's my hope that through these podcasts, you feel inspired to go out and challenge yourself to try new things as a leader, to show up in the world maybe just a little differently, and hopefully find a deeper connection with who you authentically are. Thank you for being here. Okay, hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Inspired Leader of the Podcast. I'm your host, Allie Stone. And of course, good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever, whatever time you are uh, tuning in from. Thanks for being here. I'm always so grateful for my listeners and uh, the feedback I get on these casts. You'll notice that I talk a lot about self-care and well-being. Now, I think this is so incredibly important for leaders. This is this is foundational to, you know, our lives, to our careers and to how we show up. So it's the building block that creates the great leader. It puts us in a place where we can show up and show up authentically and genuinely and be the kind of leader and person we want to be. When self-care is lacking in our lives, it becomes very difficult. I always say we can only care for other people as much as we are willing to care for ourselves. And it's kind of that paradox of life. And if you're if you're anything like me and you love taking care of people, it has been a journey to learn that <laughs> for sure. And it's uh, it's such an important, such an important piece. So I thought I could talk about a couple things today um, with well-being. Now, if you missed the last episode, that would be episode seven titled, Is It Possible to Stay Calm in the Chaos? Um, An episode that I recorded while I was out in Maui, beautiful Maui. If you have not listened to that, give that a listen after this, because in that episode, I give you some strategies on how to work with your nervous system. And I'm going to talk a little bit more about that today and a little bit more in depth than I did last week. So I just spent the last 35 days in Maui and I am so incredibly blessed and grateful to be able to do something like that in my life. I I never really thought that that would be a thing for me. 
And it's definitely a stretch for my husband and I, and we have to save for it and work towards it. Um, but taking that that time, that month away, and just kind of disconnecting and taking the time to think about how I want to formulate my year, how I want to show up, the things I want to achieve. Um, I always do some learning while I'm out there. I, I find that it's just this space that's cleared that is very rarely cleared in our lives. Now, I know that's not possible for everybody and uh, lucky or not lucky, uh, depending on your perception, we don't have children, right? So um, it's something that's possible for us. But I think anytime we can create any kind of space for ourselves to reconnect with who we are and to really think about what we want to ask ourselves the important questions like, how do I want to show up this year? What are what are the things that I want to achieve that truly connect with my heart and who I am as a human being? You know, in the day-to-day grind of everyday life, we rarely sit down and look at these things. So I'm going to share with you uh, a couple pieces today on well-being. Um, when I got back from Maui, I was asked to go speak at the Women's Emergency Shelter uh, here in Edmonton. And I was nervous about this experience because it was a, a different group of people than I would normally talk to, people who had been through very different experiences than me. And I found myself wondering what I could possibly offer that would be helpful to these women that were in such challenging places in their lives. And you know what's really interesting is that when I got in there and started interacting, I did two sessions with two groups of women. And uh, when I started interacting with these women, I recognized that we all have our own story. But in some way, some maybe inexplicable way, we're all somewhat connected as well. And so this really amazing thing happens when we show up together and we open our hearts. I was vulnerable with them, they were vulnerable with me, and we had an incredible session around well-being. So I thought I'd share a little bit of that with you today. So as I said, well-being is such an important piece of how we are going to show up in our lives and in our work. And if you are a leader, and let me be very clear, a leader is not about a title on a business card or a plaque on a door. (laughs) Being a leader is about wanting to go out and create change and impact in positive ways in the lives of the people around you. I actually don't believe you need a title to be a leader. And so when I think about all of the challenges that come in and out of our daily lives, one of the biggest things for me is our stress response. So our fight, flight, or freeze response, our nervous system's response to stimuli that trips us up, that gets us worked up, that gets us fired up and gets us into a state where, you know, our adrenaline's pumping, our cortisol's running through our body, our digestion's shutting down, all of these things. And I, you know, I could go through a multitude of 50 things that happen, but there are many things that happen in our body when we go into the fight or flight state that challenge our ability to thrive optimally as a human being, like biologically and emotionally. So it hits both areas. And so it's such an important thing to think about. Um, 
I also, something I've learned over the years for myself too, is that, you know, it's, we tend to think that it's external stimuli. Something happens, you hear a bang outside the window and it sets your fight or flight off or something happens that uh, is warranted to set your fight or flight off. Somebody, you know, breaks into your house or I don't know, right? Something, something happens, you see a car accident in front of you. So you see somebody yelling, I don't know, something like that happens. But our fight or flight can also be triggered internally. It can be triggered through memories and it can be triggered through trauma that lives in our body. And those memories can trigger that trauma and put us in a fight or flight state. So there are many different ways that this can show up in our lives. And it's really important to recognize and to become aware of this. And those are like essentially three states that our nervous system lives in. So we have this kind of optimal state. This is when we're in flow. This is this is the beauty of life. This is where we're we're happy. We're achieving what we want to achieve. Um, we're feeling great about who we are. And then the second state, the middle state, is what I would call the survival state. So this is where we are in, you know, kind of like that fight or flight. This is where we feel like things are quite stressful. Um, we're always trying to figure out a way through. And then the third state is like a shutdown state. And so the word I always use to describe this state is it's it's pretty low. It's like despair. It's like giving up, you know, I don't know if you've ever been in a place where you're just like, oh, I just, I can't, I can't do this. That is the shutdown state of your nervous system. And so when it gets there, that's a very challenging place to be. And also, as you can probably imagine, a pretty scary place to be, right? And so because our nervous system is biological to move from any of these three states, it has to happen in order. So if we're in the shutdown in that lowest despair state, we have to find our way back into survival, back into fight, flight, or freeze, and then work our way back into our optimal state. And so it's this process that we're constantly working through, we're constantly evolving in, in our bodies, and it's natural, and it's and it's good, and it's okay. The problem is when we spend too much time in the lower two quadrants because they're not creating the type of life that we want for ourselves. And now, so like I said, um, if you didn't listen to episode seven, Staying Calm in the Chaos, go back and listen to that after this because in that session, I offer my one, two, three reset breathing technique, which is so incredible. It has been life-changing for me you know, <laughs> without sounding cliche, breath is life. And we don't spend enough time thinking about our breath. And so when you're thinking about your nervous system and you're thinking about these different states, the important thing to remember is that only about 20% of the information that's communicated in any given day in our bodies is communicated from our brain to our body. The other 80% is communicated from our body to our brain. Let me, let me say that again because it blew my mind when I first heard it. Only 20% of the communication in any given day is communicated from your brain to your body. The other 80% is communicated from your body to your brain. And so what does that mean? Well, the communication is not happening on the cognitive level that most of us think it is. So that kind of trips us up, right? Once you know that, you're like, how do I understand the communication? And the key is learning how to speak a new language. It's learning how to speak the language of your body. 
And so when I talk about a breathing technique, like the one, two, three reset, that is communicating with your body, moving your body, swaying with your body, uh, stretching, touching your body in different ways, um, finding ways to connect with your, your skin and your nervous system, not through spoken word is how we begin to learn to speak that language. So this is a really important thing. And it's the beginning of learning how to connect with our hearts. And once we're in a place where we can connect with our hearts, we can connect with that which we want to have in our lives, that which is true and authentic to us. And I think most of us are moving through this life on this journey, trying to figure out why we're here. And if you have already figured that out, kudos to you. <laughs> you know, now it's just a matter of uh, recalibrating the airplane, staying on track, turning the nose that two or three degrees every couple minutes, every couple nautical miles to stay on track, to keep playing around in that area. But if you're not sure why you're here, and I believe everybody has a purpose on this earth, but if you're not sure yet why you are here or what your purpose is on this earth, connecting with your well-being, connecting with your heart, and learning to speak the language of your nervous system is going to help you learn that. And so when I talk about connecting with your heart, there's a lot of um, practices that I use within that that are definitely cognitive. They definitely use the spoken language. Uh, some of them, um, but I do believe that they put us in the space where we can speak to our nervous systems and we can connect with our heart and our soul. So let me give you four um, strategies for connecting with your heart. Number one, practice gratitude. <laughs> Practicing gratitude is so incredibly important. And I think I've already said I will do an episode on gratitude and I will do an entire episode on gratitude because it is life-changing. But what I always say is that if you trade your expectations for appreciation, your whole world will change. It might have been a Jim Rohn quote. Anyhow, it's an incredible quote. And I just, I love it. I've always held on to it because the moments when life is difficult, the moments when I'm challenged and I'm struggling uh, to see through if I can become aware in those moments, what I would become aware of is that my perception of what is happening is usually quite negative. It's quite, uh, it's quite challenged. It's, it's, it's on the downward spiral. And if I can stop for a moment and say, okay, well, what can I be grateful for in this situation? What am I learning here? What's challenging me to grow and show up differently? Whatever that might be, what are the curious questions I can ask myself? If I can shift that perception, everything changes. And gratitude as a normal day-to-day -day practice is life-changing. Sitting down and thinking of one to three things in the morning that you're grateful for. Closing your eyes, visualizing those things, putting your hand to your heart, and just feeling it. Because even though I said, you know, those emotions and those traumas and things will live in our body, the experiences and the memories of things that we're grateful for do as well. Remember, it's always one, it's not one without the other. And so we can connect with that. And that's such a beautiful experience. And then gratitude is always fully completed in the circle when you go out and express it throughout your day. 
The second one I'd like to offer you is to be in nature, to get outside. And now if you live in Edmonton, I get it. That's hard sometimes. <laughs> and I was so blessed to just spend those 35 days outside uh, in Maui. And I was so grateful for it every day. I would walk out the door and I would walk up the little path towards the beach and I would close my eyes and hold my hand on my heart and take a deep breath and say thank you. Because it's so important to be outside. The earth exists around us to support us. It's not here to kill us or challenge us or take us down. I don't believe that's the intention. And I believe there is um, incredible healing energy in the earth, but we have to get out and be a part of it. So if even if you can get two minutes in a day outside on a park bench, walking your dog, um, whatever, walking to pick up the mail, but doing it slowly and intentionally, getting those few moments, they will change your perception of your day and help you begin to connect with your heart. The third one is self-care, obviously. It's kind of where I started this podcast. I always say self-care doesn't have to cost anything. <laughs> we get caught up in this uh, this idea that we have to like go get this $100 massage and I can't afford that and... Self-care does not have to be anything like that. And, you know, it was interesting because um, a lot of times for me, self-care is a bath with some salts or um, maybe like a peppermint foot rub <laughs> before I go to bed that I do to myself, you know. Um, sometimes it's brushing my hair and just tying it back nice and loose and uh, not feeling like it has to be any certain way. Sometimes self-care is not putting makeup on in a day for me. I mean, there's so many different, different ways and it's going to be different for everybody. But I encourage you to think about the acts that you can give to yourself, that you can generously give to yourself, that nourish you, that make you feel good, that make you feel relaxed, that make you breathe a little easier. And when you can give yourself those things again, you begin to connect with your heart. You open the space for that communication to happen. And then the fourth one I'll give you is journaling. So I was uh, most of my life strange with journaling. I didn't do it. I know a lot of young women journal. I think I was always afraid of somebody reading it. I, <laughs> it's interesting as I'm saying this, I'm actually having a memory, an early memory where I did journal a little bit and my mom read it. And um, because she was worried about me and, you know, there's a longer story there. But I think that that really, that memory really did me in on journaling for many years and I didn't do it. And what I've learned since is that, A, <laughs> if you're paranoid that somebody's going to read your journal, rip it up and throw it out. Burn it, do whatever you want to do with it. You don't have to keep it. The real thing I've learned is that there's so much power in getting your words to paper. Like just taking that pen or that pencil and writing and almost closing your eyes and thinking, just letting the thoughts flow without judgment or any kind of censoring, it's incredibly powerful. And I've often sat and wrote about things that I, afterwards I've read and been like, oh my gosh, I don't even know. <laughs> I wasn't even thinking about that. I don't even know where that came from. And it gave me something to reflect on and think on for my day. And so journaling is incredibly powerful. I love it. I'm a huge proponent of it. Um, I believe that it allows us to create space inside of us 
for the things that get kind of caught up. <laughs> it helps remove the bottleneck. It lets you uh, kind of empty out the baggage and just let it all out. You know, when we keep things inside and we have challenges in our lives and we don't really share uh, what those challenges are, we can get pretty tripped up inside our own minds about them. And some things maybe you don't want to discuss with other people and that's okay. But journaling still has the same effect and it's such a beautiful thing to do. Well-being, self-care, it's such an important part of how we show up every day. And, you know, there's a lot of learning out there to be had on goal setting and habit formation, all of these things. But one thing I would like to offer you as we kind of wrap up this podcast today is, yes, set those big goals for yourselves. Yes, you know, have have the five-year goal, have the one-year goal. Don't forget about the in-the-moment goal. We can't spend all of our time focused so far in the future or so far in the past that we miss what's going on now. So my suggestion to you is each day when you wake up, ask yourself, what do I need today? At the end of the day, how would I like to feel about myself? And what would be one small step I could take today that I would be proud of? Not anybody else, myself. That will connect you with your heart. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next week. Thank you so much for listening. It's been an honor sharing this podcast with you. If you like it, share it with a friend. We're always made stronger by supporting one another. And if you'd like to learn more about The Inspired Leader, you can find me at theinspiredleader.com, The Inspired Leader on Facebook, Instagram, AllieStone underscore underscore A-L-L-Y, and LinkedIn at AllieStone. I'd love to hear from you and I'd love to connect. 